before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hey guys, I'm here with Coach Raymond Kuba. Coach Kuba is currently the offensive line coach at Lincoln Way Central High School in Illinois. Uh, he got his start as a player at Carl Sandburg High School before walking on at Michigan State as both a center and long snapper. Uh, spent five years coaching at Carl Sandburg High School, four years at Stag High School, one year at Bartlett, and then he's been at Lincoln Way Central the last few years. Coach Kuba, welcome, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I am doing great. I'm sad that the NFL season is over, but uh, I'm ready to talk some football. Well, if you're if you're a Bears fan, though, you're you're happy that it's over. So that that that's my my boat right now. Well, it's uh, it's the uh, everybody's back to zero and zero, so we can pretend like we're contenders again. That is true, but I also feel like uh, I I sure hope Monday Tuesday is not uh, the same thing that's happened last few years. They need to shake some things up. So it, they definitely do that. They definitely do that. We 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 could talk about that for for hours on end, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but that that's not the topics here. So uh, no, of course. First question I've got for you is just kind of I ask everybody this. Talk to me about um, talk to me about how the offensive line has played uh, a role on some of the, the the successful teams you've been a part of. Um, a lot of them, a lot of them have this been, you you know, it's like when you when you get the five guys that that click. Um, I'm big with you know preaching to my guys that they they have to be that one heartbeat where it's you know the quarterbacks are out in their own the you know receivers are out doing their own routes, but like to get the offensive line to, you know, gel and do stuff together, you have to be that one heartbeat. And when we had teams that move guys off the line of scrimmage, uh, guys that got to second level blocks and, and this, the consistency and the, and the tenacity and this, the toughness um, that match up with some of our running backs that we've had in the past, especially at Lincoln Way Central, we had an all state fullback uh, a few years back that we made it to the lead eight. We lost to Bennett in the lead eight, but we just had dudes that were not the biggest dudes, but they were the toughest dudes and they were assignment sound. And they, they, they allowed our fullback to do what he needed to do. And, right. and across the board, it's like, you find those guys, you set that bar high and you try to, you try to instill that with every group that you get. Um, sometimes you get more talented groups. Sometimes you get less talented groups. Sometimes you get softer groups. Sometimes you get tougher groups. That's just, it's, it, it is our job to find that, that the right, puzzle pieces to fit together to make sure that that line is doing what they're supposed to be doing sure yeah absolutely I mean and it's you know sometimes I, I don't know about about you but I know for me sometimes it takes you know early in camp or, or even the first or second game it, it kind of takes some tweaking and you got to find out who who those pieces are you know what I mean and and absolutely I mean, I mean I've been coaching for for 15 years now and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I can probably count on on one hand how many teams I've been a part of that have had the same offensive line the entire season. You know, and it just doesn't it doesn't happen very much that often. And it's important that when that when that one guy goes down or that, you know, one or two guys go down, you've got those pieces that can slide back in and have that comfort level. So it's that that's important to to make sure that you've got that with with everybody. Or even the thing I said, that, and one thing I would like to correct, I said the five guys, but I shoot for seven, you know, seven or yeah. eight. Oh, or, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's like, I tell my, I even told my guys this year, where it's like, I'm looking for seven dudes. Like, I need, I need five guys and two guys who are ready to go. And like, 
especially at the high school level, you, you get some, some kids are like, Oh, I only want to play left side. I only play right side. I'm like, right. if you're six, seven or eight, you have to be able to play left and right guard or left and right tackle. I mean, you, you, you have to be able to do that. You just can't pigeonhole yourself because at the end of the day, we need guys in there and you get the job done. Right. Well, and, and also at the high school level, you've got guys that play defense and you've got guys yes. that are doing, doing other things. So you've got to have, you know, you've got to have, have bodies that can slide in and, and, you know, hold their own, if not, compete and 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 you know you don't want to just throw in somebody just to throw in somebody so they got to be they got to be ready agreed yeah so you know we we talked a bit about you know you you walked on in michigan state i'm i'm curious to how that process went for you because obviously at the you know we're at the division three level here and and you know recruiting's different and and you know even even in this day and age you know obviously you're not you know you're not a 21 year old kid so recruiting recruiting's different was different back then but how did yeah. that process go for you in that, you know, preferred walk-on? And was that something that you kind of really wanted just to be in the Big Ten? Or or was that something that you knew you could go and, and compete and thrive? Um, a little bit of both. My oldest brother um, played at Wisconsin in the 91 to 95, right when Barry Alvarez took over. And um, I spent a lot of my weekends at Camp Randall just in awe of going to that game. And when they made it to their first Rose Bowl in years, uh, I bought into that and this from his toolage teaching me and working with my other brothers. Um, I went to a lot of camps, you know, back in the day, my brother was, uh, my second oldest brother was big into uh, film production. So he just want to put together my video okay. uh, back in the day when you had to do the old VHS, you know, VHS tapes and oh, yeah. stuff like that. And I know my, my whole, I have three brothers in total. We all went, we all went to the Michigan camp. Then one year I decided to go to the Michigan state camp because they reached out to me about my lawn snapping. And they were very interested in that. And I went to that camp and I thought it was just a little bit more hands-on and I fell in love with the campus. Uh, they fell in love with my long snapping and, and, and to be completely honest, um, I got like a letter from them at the end of July saying I need to report to camp <laughs> at, the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning of August. Yeah. And the funny, and the funny thing, how it all worked out, they had, they had four scholarship linemen except for center. So I basically came in as the long snapper. Next, you know it, I'm, I'm you know, repping the center and trying to learn how to play center sure. during that time during freshman camp. Then um, really got my feet wet when I started to go against the seniors and the shoots uh, <laughs> uh, when the seniors came to camp. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's funny how that works. You know, it's kind of, you know, you know, you're at the high, again, <clears throat> you're, you're in coaching. You, 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 you see how recruiting is on social media and, and, and we see it. And I mean, that's so crazy now that they just sent you a letter and we're like, Hey, we'll see you. We'll see you then instead of, instead of everything now where, you know, you didn't, you weren't able to, to tweet out the hashtag blessed, uh, you know, preferred <laughs> walk on to, to Michigan state. So that's, that's funny how that works, but, but it's, uh, it's, it, it really was. Cause it's, it's, I mean, it's, it was because you know, I worked out throughout the summer and it's just like, wow, okay. My summer is over within the next week. You know, I was excited to go there and you know, all those different things. Um, but like, now I look, you know, as I look back, it's like they talk about coaches and their coaching tree. Because when I was there, Coach Saban was there. Uh, he left my sophomore year when he went to LSU. Okay. Uh, so I remember, I remember that day very vividly when he came in and told us that he was leaving for LSU and Coach Bobby Williams stepped over. But like to give you an example, like they talked about coaching trees. Mel Tucker, uh, who's the current head coach, was our was our GA. Right. Uh, he played with my oldest brother at Wisconsin. Uh, my sophomore year, our GAs were Josh McDaniels and um, the offense coordinator from the Bills, uh, Dabo. Uh, Ken, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it's like, and I think back to them, like, oh my God, I'm, like, I still remember seeing Josh McDaniels. I thought he was a kid. I thought he was like a coach's kid. <laughs> I'm like, who is this guy? You know, I mean, I mean this like anything, like Mel Tucker, great dude, a little raw at the beginning, but like, you know, he, he, he paid his dues and now he just signed a massive contract to be the head coach for the next 10 years at Michigan State. But I right. mean, I remember, I remember those guys, my freshman year, just, I mean, 24 seven was their job. They, ne they never left the coaches, you know, offices. They slept there. They did everything that GA GAs had to do at that time. So and I, right. a lot of GAs do have to do nowadays. So, right. No, that's funny. That's, I mean, it's, you kind of, it's funny looking back on that stuff. And even, even a little bit in my world, you know, I was a D3 football player, but you know, you go back and you kind of look through and see some of the guys that were on some certain staffs or, or were even players back then. And like the success they're having, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of jaw dropping a little bit, kind of have seen that out there, but that's pretty. I do, have, I, I do have to say like, I, I'm a teacher. I love teaching. That was like my calling. I think, you know, I, I teaching is first coaching second. Like I, my dad would always ask me like, do you ever think of this going straight coaching? I mean, I missed that boat of being a GA, you know, oh, by yeah. a bunch of years, but I mean, like, you know, that, that video that's been going around Twitter lately about the older coach talking about the, the guy from the Falcons. Yeah. I'm like, you know, he's 55, got into the pros. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do my teaching thing when I'm retired. And I mean, I might work my way up to the D3 or, you know, or like a saying, you know, NIA, you know, this is just to do it. You know, this is, right. you know, this is to do it and put my time in. And, you know, I'm not hoping that, you know, one door opens where I can just magically make that jump, which rarely ever happens. But, you know, right. who knows? I mean. It's no, I mean, that's, that's the part of, that's the part of coaching though. I mean, that's the, the coaches that, that are, are good at their job are the ones that want to continue to work and be better and do, do the best they can, you know, wherever they're at. So that's, um, you know, it's the guys that are sort of just rest on their laurels and don't want to do anything. That's the ones that you get the, the bigger issues with, in my opinion, anyways. And that's the one thing, that's one thing I wish some of our youngest, younger coaches would have like back in the day when I first volunteered starting off at Sandberg, it's like, I did a lot of scouting and I feel, I love huddle. I think huddle's great and all that, all that digital stuff you can do nowadays. Right. But I feel like a lot of the young coaches miss the fact of like watching the game in person and doing the old, you know, scouting sheets and this, this watching and learning. Right. But, you know, just being a sponge when you're sitting next to a, a guy who's been coaching high school football for 30 some odd years, you're just like, give me as much information as you can. Well, you and know, they all, Right. And the, and the young coaches these days, unfortunately, same thing that, that coach Pease was talking about in that video is they all, you know, they all think they're 23, 24 years old and they're ready to be the next head coach at Florida state. And yeah. And, and unfortunately there's nobody and really nothing in the world that's stopping that from happening because you look and I mean, it's, you know, I don't want to get on my soapbox here, but you, it, it there's a lot of who, you know, and, and, you know, you look yeah. at, at, at what's his name. Um, the one that keep, that pops in my head all the time is Charlie Weiss Jr., who was an mm -hmm. offensive coordinator at like 24 years old, and mm -hmm. and you know it's just like uh, I know he's got knowledge, I know he's 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 probably a smart guy, but like I don't know, it's just it, that can that part can be pretty frustrating for sure. But uh, you know it, it's it's not meant for everybody, and some guys yeah. don't want to do that. But it, you know, back on my back on my point, I think the point you were trying to make is the younger generation they don't really know how to put in the work and they just expect things to be handed to them and and that can you know that can go for again that's another topic we could talk hours about and not just football but in in life itself so 
Uh, th they just don't know how to put in that extra work, I guess. Agreed. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing we, you know, you talked about um, a little bit, and this is something that's always kind of fascinating to me because it was something that was talked to me about, uh, you know, a little bit, and I really never put the time into it, but long snapping. Um, was that something that you kind of just fell into, or was that something that you were smart enough and savvy enough as a, as a, you know, a, uh, a freshman or sophomore in high school, he said, you know what, I need to work on this. This is going to get me to play at the next level. Um, you know, how did you, how did you start doing that? And kind of, how did you hone your craft at that? That was a lot of that came. Um, it was my second oldest brother. Uh, my two oldest brothers went to uh, Thor Thorman high school. Okay. So my second oldest brother was a quarterback slash long snapper. So, it, it, which is not the unique combination of a quarterback long snapper, but he was actually brought up as a sophomore to snap during the playoffs. Okay. And, um, and once again, with my oldest brother being at Wisconsin and my brother being at Iowa, not choosing to do football, uh, they both were trying to make me as more as marketable as possible. Um, like I only got to the size of, of you know, I'm only six one. I think out of high school, I was six one, about two fifty. But once again, just trying to find marketable ways of getting myself uh, noticed. And, and, and that's one thing that I think captured the eyes of Michigan State at the time. But even going there, it was, you know, I was behind two dudes that were really, really good at what they did. Um, I believe I was a really good long snapper at the high school level. Um, I never really progressed more at the college level. But it was just something that it was just something to make myself more marketable. Um, right. You know, because that's the thing, like, you know, like, you get to college and you start to figure out like, Oh, there's a reason why they have a tight end as a long snapper, because when you travel, you only have a certain amount of numbers. So you can't bring two snappers. You bring the long snapper, you bring the, the backup tight end who also does can snap if you know, emergency purposes. Right. So, so I just, I did it because it's, it's, it's something that even now I teach my, I tell my, tell my players, if, if you want to earn some money, I mean, you can earn a scholarship. So going somewhere, if you're just consistent with your long snapping, because at the end of the day, it's the one job, just like the kicker or like the punter. If they don't know your name, that means you're doing a great job. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Everyone remember. Everyone remembers. You know the names of the people who had the botch snaps or the missed kicks or you know double doink. You know all those different things. But it's just a great way to get yourself out. You know in there and get you exposed. Like, look at Patrick Manley. He was what with the Bears for like 16 some odd years. I mean. Yeah. He's the he's he's played the most games in Chicago Bears history. I think he's he played. Isn't like that crazy? Two hundred and ninety games or something crazy like that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it, it is, but I think it is, it's a little bit, um, I don't want to say it's a lost art, but you know, it's, it's, it's almost it like, go, what was that? It can be because I, I do, I do spend a lot of time with my guys. I do, you know, try to teach the ins and outs, the little things that I have picked up along the way the stuff right. that I've taught or I've learned along my way, because I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, uh, with uh, coach Cordell, who's the head coach of Linkway central, he knows that I've been a long snapper. So it's just easy for me to fit in and, you know, go teach that. But it's like, you know, if I, if I ever became a head coach, and I had no one else on the staff that was a long snapper or had any experience doing that. The head coach myself would be teaching the long snapper because I feel like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you just can't throw anyone in there. Right. I, mean, I think, I think people can, can read up and teach themselves like good coaches can, but it's just having the idea that the feel of it, like just right. knowing, how to, how to rotate the ball and how your hands to shoot through and how your hips, you know, all those different things, the little things that make people good snappers. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's such an important part, but you know, you get so many offenses, especially at the high school level now where they just, you know, they almost punt out of their offense. I, I know 
I know we were guilty of that at, at Fort Madison. We just punted out of our offense. And so when the time came to kind of, Hey, we need to find somebody to do extra points or do something like that. It was, it was, it was definitely something that we never thought about. And it, it, it was a struggle for, for a couple of times. So um, I got you. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's still, it's a, it's an important piece. I, I mean, I, I would not, um, and you know what? The guys that are good at it are really good at it. And they, they, they take you can tell the guys that put in the work and really take it seriously because they are they're good. They they're they're really good at it. So that's awesome. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so last question I've got for you, coach. If you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen um, from guys you've coached, guys you played with or guys that you maybe. Uh, are just, you know, you're a casual fan of who would be on that five-man offensive line? One of my, one of my favorite all-time centers would, would have to be Olin Cruz. I okay. just think, uh, not the biggest dude, but man, he had, he had a different fight in him. I mean, he, he was a competitor um, and just got, got things done. Um, one of my favorite guys I currently watch right now is, uh, oh my God, I'm losing his name, but the left guard or right guard from the Colts from Notre Dame. Oh, uh, uh, Quentin Nelson. Oh, he is fun to watch. Yeah. And like all the, all the little Twitter kind of cut-ups that they, they do of him, like, you know, him talking to Reich about running the ball. I mean, it's just, he's a good dude to watch. Then I, I um, who else would I toss on there? Oh, um, one guy I played with, with at college, Tupe Peco at Michigan State, had some of the quickest hands I've ever seen. We would, he would go against dudes like Robert Smith and Demetrius Underwood. And, mm-hmm. uh, and oh, my God, talk about pass rush drills where his hands would just shoot and dudes would just stop. And, and, just win, and he would just win that battle all the time. Um, I'm always a big fan. Um, oh, man, trying to think here. You're, you're, you're hitting my one week because I'm so terrible of name. I can picture <laughs> all these dudes. Um, I'm trying to think back to even the Bears. I love Jimbo Covert. I thought he, I mean. That's a that good one, yeah. Got after it. And I'm, I always liked the dude, oh, my God, the guy from the Bengals back in the 80s. Um, oh. Anthony Mooney. Yes. Yeah. That dude. And I could, I mean, I could go, not, not all the names are coming. I can talk about the dudes from the Cowboys. Like, you know, Newton yeah. knows. I mean, I just enjoy watching guys that take passion or enter position. I think Quentin Nelson is like an old school guy. Yes. That, that, that has that tenacity that just, he's just alignment. That's all he does. That's all he wants to do. He just wants to open up holes for his running back and he wants to protect his quarterback. He's right. the first one down there to pick dudes up. He's the first one to celebrate in the end zone. I mean, I don't like the fact he went to Notre Dame. I can speak on other behalf of that. But, <laughs> But he's just, he's just fun to watch. I mean, right. it's like I, I tell people, like if I go to a Bears game, if I go to a college game, I love sitting in the end zone. I love watching the plays open up. I love watching the box. I love what, I mean, it's, you know, it's just different for us because that's, that's what we just constantly do. It's just, I enjoy watching guys with good techniques who are good technicians. And it's just, right. and right now I think he is, he is one of the best offensive linemen uh, right now. And I think he, he, he'll finish his career is going down is probably one of the best guards in history. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no argument for me there. Yeah. That's the only, the only one I've got to ask you about, and I, it's, you might not have played with him. Um, did you, were you at Michigan state with, with Flozell Adams? Uh, he was just before. He's just, okay. That's, that's one of the few, I'm not a big Michigan state fan. Sorry, no offense, uh, no, but, okay. but I'm a big 10 fan. So 
I grew yeah. up, my sisters went to the Big Ten. My dad played, not, excuse me, did not play in the Big Ten. Sorry, dad. Uh, but he went <laughs> to the Big Ten. But so I've always kind of paid attention. And Flozell Adams was always kind of the one from, from Michigan State that, uh, you know, back when, <clears throat> back then that really always stood out from, a you know, that, that time period. Um, obviously, yeah. they've had a lot of great ones since then. But there is a reason why they call him Flozell at a hotel. There's been yeah. a couple of them up that we've been to and he is a, a large gentleman <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome he is a big man yeah well coach do me a favor before we get you out of here uh drop your twitter handle and any other information you want the listeners to know yeah um uh my twitter handle is at, at coach coops uh like i said and i think i just finished up my 15 year of coaching at linkway central high school in new lennox illinois uh i just love what i do i love what you do uh promoting uh, offense lineman and having that hog, ch- uh, hog football chat on Mondays. And I just, uh, congratulations to you on your season, seeing all those things on Twitter, which you guys did. And that's a huge props to you and all that good stuff. But Thank you. I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy dudes that really understand the game and really promote the game and keep doing what you're doing. I'll continue to do what I do. And I, and the great thing is we're part of a, we're part of a, a fraternity because you can oh, talk yeah. to guys at any level. And if you're an offense lineman, they'll sit down and they'll chat with you from the highest level to the lowest level. It doesn't matter. You coach the offense line, they're always willing to talk and, and, and learn. So that's what that's what I love about coaching football and coaching my position. No doubt. No doubt. Well, I appreciate that, coach. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. And uh, you know, hopefully we'll see you, we'll see you down the road here and and uh get to talk some ball in, in, in person real soon. So I appreciate Absolutely. everything Thanks, and uh and uh we'll we'll uh we'll talk soon. All right, have a great night, coach. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform.